So if you are able to bring the software engineer into the process and the data developer can differentiate between here's the data we have in the warehouse and it's very, very easy for me to get and join that. And here's the data that we don't have in the warehouse. And I think a software engineer should implement it from a production system. That's actually going to speed up the time it takes to deliver a lot of these data sets. And you're going to be able to trust uh, the data uh, radically more. And your warehouse is going to be more scalable. You're listening to Data Unlocked, driving better marketing with better data. We're interviewing marketing leaders to discuss how they're using customer data to bring more deeply personalized experiences to market. I'm thrilled to have our guest, Chad Sanderson, on our podcast here today. Chad is head of data platform at Convoy. Welcome, Chad. You want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Jason. Happy to be here. I am currently, as you said, the head of data platform at Convoy. I work in a digital freight industry. We focus on owning the entire data pipeline for a very complex freight lifecycle. And that's everything from events, instrumentation, ETL, ELT, uh, storing data, and then building applications on top of that data, like experimentation and machine learning pipelines as well. Before that, I was working in artificial intelligence and big data at Microsoft. And then prior to that, I was working in big data and experimentation at scale at companies like uh, Sephora and Subway. Great, Chad. Well, uh, you know, thanks for that. For our listeners, Chad and I were speaking the other day you know, just about some of the general challenges around how data is actually applied and modeled uh, in the real world today. You know, anyone on LinkedIn has probably come across some of Chad's posts. They're both uh, you know, very opinionated you know, and also lots of engagement and interest because uh, I really do think Chad is, into, uh, is onto some, some real challenges uh, in the marketplace today that, you know, that very much, I think, will speak to uh, you know, anyone listening to this episode of the podcast. And you know, today we're going to be focusing on a, a, a real challenge every business you know, faces practically around uh, how to make the most of their data, uh, you know, how to put forward their data strategy. Uh, and with this, just think about not you know, necessarily the technology, uh, but really the people and the processes that drive uh, you know, the, you know, the broader data systems uh, and to really you know, take data from collection into action uh, and, and, and real use. When we sort of look at the stakeholders involved uh, in making data work, um, there, there are really three different functions. Uh, first are the folks who collect the data. You know, folks who build the web, who build the websites, who build the applications, uh, you know, who build the uh, the software that's embedded in in the trucks. Uh, you know, as in, in the case of Convoy. Uh, yeah, and these are the folks who are ultimately designed, uh, ultimately tasked rather, uh, with making sure data is collected properly. You know, and there's an adage in, in machine learning. I spent many years of my career, you know, you're building machine learning algorithms. You know, and that's something called garbage in, garbage out. Uh, and if the data isn't collected in a high quality fashion, uh, if it's not collected carefully, then you know nothing downstream matters. The first function that we'll be talking about today is your software engineering, um, you know, and your software engineers who are tasked with making sure the data is collected, um, you know, correctly. You know, the second function, of course, is your data team. Uh, your data team is responsible for aggregating the data, uh, you know, you know, setting the strategy around how it's collected, uh, and also making sure that it's you know that the strategy around how it's used, uh, you know, is is clearly in place as well. Uh, and then finally, the third, you know, and really lifeline, you know, that makes it all successful is the business stakeholder. Um, the business stakeholders, you know, your remit ultimately is one of, uh, you know, making sure that 
the application is defined, uh, you know, the real world problems and revenue or cost opportunities are in front of them. Uh, and then, you know, from their collaboration with the data team to make sure that the right, you know, you know the right components are in place, are modeled and are collected. So, so first, you know, Chad, maybe, maybe you can sort of just you know, speak to my description and you know, what I missed and, um, you know, and, and how that fits into what you're seeing uh, in the market. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty accurate description. Um, I think there, uh, there's also, you know, the, the consumer is really interesting. Sort of the final step is quite varied. I think there are some consumers of data that are pretty technical. Um, you know, these are data scientists that are building ML models. They're building experiments. They're running uh, relatively complex analysis. Or it could be someone like a product manager that just needs that data to manifest in the table and they want to slice it and dice it across a few interesting dimensions. Or it could be someone in sales and marketing that just needs like a single metric. So it's a quite quite a, a wide range of, of, uh, of, of, of customers and personas. And that means that the way that the that, uh, needs uh, data needs and data requests sort of flow uh, bi-directionally uh, actually needs to be generic enough so that it can be it can be tailored to all of those uh, personas. And, and I think that that's a, a pretty difficult problem to solve because there's, there's just so many different use cases and, and needs for data. The other thing I would say, uh, I think your framework is, is exactly correct um, on, on the upstream side, um, on, the, on the sort of da- data producers and the, the data developers, and um, the, the really interesting thing about the system of uh, these sort of three uh, key uh, stakeholder groups is that, you know, in, in today's modern data ecosystem, they don't really talk to each other and they're in complete isolation. I'm sure we're going to get a little bit more into that. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, 100%. And for you know, listeners who may have listened, listened to a, um, a previous podcast with Michael Katz, who's CEO of MParticle, as it relates to customer data, you know, particle is, of course, you know, focused on solving this, this first leg of the problem and making sure data is collected in a high-quality fashion. And you know, Simon is then focused uh, around you know, marketing and customer experience applications around the third leg of the problem. I uh, guess to sort of contextualize that with you know, with anyone who may have listened to that episode. You know, another thing I'll add, which is super interesting for a you know, business stakeholder, they may not look at a data scientist as a consumer. Um, you know, I know in my framework, when I teed it out, you know, you know I sort of you know, generalize the, the end uh, you know, consumer you know, role uh, into anyone you know, who might use data in any way, shape or form. You know, but it is very interesting. And you know, you know, certainly being a, uh, you know, ha- you know, having spent you know, many years of my life you know, as a machine learning researcher, you know, it is interesting that, you know, that they too are uh, you know, in this bucket of data consumers. Yeah. You know, one of the I think one of the differentiating factors of of each of the three um, groups that you described is that the the consumer fundamentally doesn't really care how the data is generated. They have a need. They can often express what is the data that they want. In most cases, they can certainly express an, an English definition of what is it that they actually need. Like I need to see the total number of shipments um, divided by the total number of, uh, of, of, you know, contracts that convoy bid for, and that will give us a ratio of like, what's, what is actually the, uh, a delivered shipments to, to, you know, to total, um, uh, potential shipments that we could have won. 
I know that I need that metric, but I don't know where that data comes from. I don't know what sort of production systems need to emit that data. I have no idea if there needs to be a schema definition or not, or what tables need to exist. The second layer, sort of like the data developer, data engineer, uh, uh, business intelligence engineer, they are technically producers in their own right as well, right? They're, they're thinking about how do we generate uh, tables and, and data assets that solve business problems um, they're, they're, they're sort of the nexus of the, the, like the core of this entire model. And then on the upstream side, you have software engineers that are basically totally removed from the business problem. And they're just thinking about how do I, how do I instrument or, or implement or, or, uh, or gather this data most effectively that has been asked of me. So that's, that, that's sort of the way that I like to think about these three buckets. And it makes it pretty, pretty, uh, pretty simple to place various, uh, uh, customer personas um, into each one. Yep, no, that's great. And in a second, I'm going to ask you where things break down. You know, but you know, first, I'll sort of just you know, talk a bit of. Uh, I'll talk about an analogy that I, I've actually been using for many years. I I, I put this on uh, LinkedIn yesterday, but you know, I, for the last seven eight years, I'm a, I'm a Cornell grad from my undergrad, and I you know, teach uh, a data driven you know, a data course for the product development course at Cornell Tech's new campus uh, in New York. Uh, and there's analogy. There's an analogy I like to use around you know, data modeling, you know, as it relates to uh, security footage at a shopping mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so imagine a set of a dozen cameras placed inside, you know, and in the parking areas of a shopping mall. Um, you know, you, you know, from that you could get actually a pretty rich data set. You know, you know, you know that describes who's at the mall. You know, what kind of cars they drive to get there. You know, did they go in through an anchor store? Did they go in through the food court? You know, but one of the challenges around data modeling is if if you take that footage in a vacuum. Uh, and you know, as a data uh, as a data engineer, you try to extract every piece of information. Uh, you know, you're going to be in a very tough place. Um, yeah, which is why you know, at the end of the day, whether you know, whether your end consumer is uh, you know someone who's affecting some sort of machine learning application to do image recognition, or a business user who's trying to figure out you know we're trying to upgrade the food hall. Uh, when do people come in? You know, why do they come in? At what times? And then, uh, you know, when they're done eating, what do they do after that? Um, you know, do they go to the high-end shops or do they go to the to the dollar stores? So maybe the, the first sort of specific question I'll ask for you, Chad, around how it breaks is is how do you how do you translate uh, and make sure that the business problem um, you know is translated into actually a set of uh, data requirements? Um, you know, such that the you know something that is, at least approximates the right data is there. Yeah, and what does that look like, and and what's your sort of guidance for you know doing that effectively from your perspective? So I can give you my general guidance, and then I can tell you how we do this at Convoy. The general guidance is: it's important to capture all of the data um, if you want to do exploration. If you're not sure how you know various entities connect to each other, if there's a lot of unknowns in the data, and you maybe want to explore those relationships. Um, in a way that isn't necessarily explicitly tied to semantic meaning. And this does have some use cases, right? It is possible that if you if you try to model um, only the things that you explicitly need, you're going to miss some information. And, uh, and for maybe a data scientist that just wants to go in and do a lot of like research investigation, that's, that's not ideal. Um, so I think you actually need both models. You need to be able to enable this sort of flexibility and exploration. And, but you also need to be able to tie the data to very sort of clear requirements, as you said, and those requirements should, should be tied to semantic meaning. 
I think this is where it is very important for any data professionals to think about the workflow, how the, the life cycle of a data request. Um, generally, what we found at Convoy that is that this starts in the form of plain English. There is some human being, some consumer at the very end of the pipeline that says, I need this metric, I need this data set, or I need this information. That plain English needs to, get, needs to then get translated into a, uh, a table or to a set of events expressed as schema. So this could be passed around for a while within the organization before that is finalized. Um, there are different teams within Convoy, for example. We have a shipper team. We have a carrier team that focuses on sort of our trucks. We have a team that focuses on ETAs, a team that focuses on facilities. And each of those teams are going to have the most knowledge about what data they already have and what data needs to be explicitly collected from our production systems in order to deliver whatever the final outcome is that the consumer has actually requested. So what we try to facilitate at Convoy is making that workflow very simple and very straightforward for everyone. We provide a template to our data consumers to say, here's where you can capture the English um, the, the, or the, 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 the written business context for the question that you have. From there, the, the ask flows to the data developer, the uh, BIE or analytics engineer that's on their team. That person then says, okay, in order for us to deliver this question, here is the table that needs to exist. Like I want a table and there needs to be a shipment ID and a shipper ID. And I want the time that the shipment arrived at the, uh, at the facility, the facility name where it arrived and, and so on and so forth. And then from there, they identify, okay, who are the people that we need to talk to? Who are the, who are the other um, in business intelligence engineers that own that data that can potentially generate the data sets that power this final table. The asks then distribute to them. And those, those data developers then say, okay, I'm being asked to generate a table. That table is going to feed into a final data set. A lot of this data I already have, so I can construct it myself, but some of it is missing. So in the case of your you know, security uh, camera example, someone might have a request where they need to capture, um, I don't know, like the, the last time uh, the, the time of day that the last person exited the building. And we need to get that from a particular team. Maybe we're not collecting our, that data explicitly right now. That They would go to their software engineer and say, hey, I want to have a new um, real-world event that's captured a schema that's called you know, last facility exit. And here's all the properties I want to collect about that last facility exit, including you know, what was the time that it happened, what, which exit was it at, which store was it at, and so on and so forth. The software engineer receives that request. They can go and implement it. It's, it's quite straightforward. The data will flow um, into the warehouse as JSON. It's parsed into a source table. And then the reverse flow then happens, right? Then the data developer says, now I can incorporate this into my table. They pass that table along to the, the final sort of um, data developer, they integrate all the data sets that they need and they provide it to the data consumer. And you have all of this like rich context that's been captured from the initial request. All the data is very, very high quality and it's owned by the right person. It's not just like mashed together by someone at the very end of the pipeline.
that's that's the process we follow at Convoy. That's great. It makes a ton of sense. And it's a great example with that. Um, you know, and, and and maybe we can talk for a few minutes, Chad, on um, you know, really the divide across uh, people, processing systems, and making this happen. You know, I know both of us, you know, sort of share a common perspective that there's this too much data technology out in the marketplace today. You know, that's you know trying to solve problems that maybe exist, but um, yeah, yeah, but maybe don't. Uh, when you sort of look at this broader life cycle, you know, you know, and, and I know just you know, listening to how it works at Convoy, it seems like there's a lot of process. How do you break that down? And, and what's your perspective on really, um, you know, what drives you know drives the boss? And furthermore, for our listeners today who might be in marketing teams or trying to get into a, a better cadence with their data teams, you know, what you know, what sorts of processes might they be able to put in place to make this more fluid? Yes. So absolutely, I think that the core of building data warehouses, of making data requests, of um, creating data contracts, like at its core, these are all processes. However, I do think that um, at some level, in order to gain adoption at scale across your business, that process needs to be simple. It needs to be really easy. It needs to be super straightforward. And it needs to be very, very fast. Um, so this is where I think that technology has a role to play. The technology can't it, it can't it can't necessarily automate the job for you, but it can make it much easier to do the work. And I think a lot of the current technologies in the modern data stack are point solutions that focus on a part of this end-to-end -end workflow. So for example, if you think about um, data discovery and data catalogs and how those are typically used, a data catalog becomes important when you're searching for data. So there is an assumption that a request has already happened, right? There's some person that knows, okay, I've been asked to go and answer a business question. Now I'm gonna go into a catalog. I'm gonna try to find out where the data exists. And then it sort of stops there. But there's a lot of other follow-on on questions that happen after that, right? Like, what happens if I can't find the data that I need? What happens if the data does not exist at all? Uh, what happens if there's no owning team attached to the data? What happens if there's no semantic context? So the reason I think that a lot of the point solutions in the modern data stack fail is because they don't look at the end-to-end -end data lifecycle. They don't look at it as a workflow and as a process, which means that teams have to, for, for a, a relatively um, straightforward set of behaviors, you have to jump from tool to tool to tool to tool to tool. And eventually that creates gaps because these tools don't communicate to each other, right? They don't talk. And so these like data requests and the data needs are not inherited um, up, up and down the value chain which actually makes implementing implement the process uh, quite, quite a challenging thing to do. Um, so, so that's where I see the role is. What I would really love to see from data products are things that allow the whole, the, the workflow itself to be interoperable and to focus on, you know, how do we deliver all the various stages of, of, this, of this data lifecycle instead of, you know, here's a point solution for doing one like very, very specific thing. So that's sort of the, the question on the product side. Um, then on the, if you're on the marketing side, if you're on the sales side, how do you implement a process like this? Well, the good thing is data people and software people actually really like getting good requirements. Um, what they don't like is when someone files, a, files you know, 10 or 20 different uh, tickets in a service desk, they, and then they throw it over the fence and they say, hey, I need this data by tomorrow. And then they have to run out and they they have to uh, scramble and put a bunch of stuff together and give you a dashboard. And, and that dashboard answers, you know, five of your questions out of the hundred questions you actually have 
which result in sort of this endless stream of, of, of dashboards over, over time. What I think everybody would appreciate a lot more is if the on the consumer side, you provided context about what are the what are all of the questions that you're trying to answer? Why are you trying to answer them? And, and then providing context about how the business actually works and having a relationship with your data partner. There's going to be questions that they have where they say, hey, listen, I, I don't really understand what this means. I don't understand how this process works. If, if it's a relationship, you're going to find that the data developer will be able to build out like a much more robust, uh, much more sort of fleshed out and, and comprehensive system that satisfies a lot of those use cases. The other thing I think people need to do is to start incorporating software engineers into their data development workflow. What happens, I'll say like 95 to 99% of the time is that most of these requests stop at the data developer. So we'll say, hey, data scientist or analyst or whoever, or, or data engineer, here's the thing that I need. They will go out, they'll build you, build a dashboard, and then it kind of stops there. And so you get this like infinite, you know, loop where you're just sort of bouncing, bouncing back and forth between this one person. They get really frustrated. When really a lot of the time that data developers spend generating these data sets is because um, the data they need is not being captured from production systems. So they have to build, they have to write hundreds and hundreds of lines of SQL and case statements in order to infer when these real world things actually exist. So if you are able to bring the software engineer into the process and the data developer can differentiate between here's the data we have in the warehouse and it's very, very easy for me to get and join that. And here's the data that we don't have in the warehouse. And I think a software engineer should implement it from a production system. That's actually going to speed up the time it takes to deliver a lot of these data sets. And you're going to be able to trust uh, the data uh, rad radically more. And your warehouse is going to be more scalable. Yep. You know, and I'm sure everyone of our listeners, you know, on the business side or the, or the marketing side in particular has been in a situation where they absolutely needed a number, filed it last minute, you know, to, you know, to get that from, you know, their data resources, you know, and to Chad's point, you know, the biggest challenge, you know, outside of that, uh, you know, being interruptive in work that, you know, doesn't necessarily align with, you know, where things need to go is, you know, if the data is not there, then it's this awful process of triangulation, uh, you know, while you try to, uh, you know, infer, you know, a specific metric, uh, you know, that, you know, isn't actually there to begin with. Um, you know, one thing you said on the people side, which, you know, you know is, is super interesting and really resonated. The first is, you know, you know, for me, having sat on both sides of the table, uh, you know, built data teams, you know, data infrastructure, data science, uh, you know, now, uh, you know, having brought a product to market that works very closely with, you know, marketing and customer experience, uh, folks who are on the customer experience, you know, you know being able to, to triage the business problem into the data requirements, uh, you know, is more than a process issue. Uh, you know, it's a matter of sitting down and asking, you know, what data, uh, you know, might I be able to collect that can help me understand, you know, whether or not folks, uh, you know, entering the food court might buy a $40 steak, uh, at 7 PM, as opposed to just wanting a breakfast burrito when they enter the mall at 9 AM, uh, before they go and do uh, a quick few, few errands. You know, and, and really just thinking through that top down, you know, is critical because, uh, you know, A, most of the data that you think you might want might not be there, but there may be other types of data that is. And, 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 and furthermore, uh, you know, developing these relationships ultimately can help build a generalizable data model, uh, that can then be used to also answer adjacent problems or other things that might come as a result of the answer to your first problem. And, and so I think really, you know, having that codified is, is critical, 
Because at the end of the day, the biggest challenge we see in the market is, at least that we see from our perspective, is it's folks just not having you know, enough foresight around what data they actually need. You know, and there, and as a result, there's this, this massive gap between the two sides, and you know, a world in which ten requests come up, yeah, you know, because we need a board report tomorrow morning. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, certainly doesn't help that at all. Another point around people, which uh, also really resonated. Is look if processes are hard, then people just aren't going to do them. You know, and you know, as far as as marketing tools go today, you know, so many tools, it's just too hard to get new data. In. So as a result, marketing strategies are limited to the you know 10, 12, or fifteen fields on the customer they might have. You know, but if instead, uh, you know, there are processes in place that were backed by workflows that were simple, you know, we've seen how this can really drive a material change. You know, in how people orient data and leverage data to drive you know data driven outcomes. Absolutely, I think the Simplicity uh, is is extraordinarily important for adoption. When I used to work in a field called CRO um, conversion rate optimization, there's a uh, a concept there called friction, and friction essentially means how difficult is it for a customer to accomplish any given task. And there's no limitation on what friction represents. It could be technological friction, it could be process-based friction, it could be or- organizational friction, or it could be educational friction, right? Like, in order for me to uh, accomplish some particular outcome, I need to go and learn about how my data model works, right? That is a form of friction. And the more friction points that exist, you can think of you can think of friction like literally, like if a car is driving on a road, you have friction points, what's gonna happen is the car goes a lot slower, it's gonna take longer to reach its destination, if, if at all. And so the more friction points that, it, that exist in, in any system, uh, the more difficult it is to, to get a, a customer um, to, a, to a conversion event. Right. So that's when I was working on websites and we were selling like e-commerce products and things like that. But you can apply that same model to any um, any outcome that you would like to achieve as if it was a conversion event. Like maybe my conversion event as a data platform leader is I want our, our business stakeholders to take a more active role in thinking about the data lifecycle and business context. And if it's really difficult to do that, is there if there's no surface where they can draw those connections easily, if they can't do it in an iterative way, if they don't have insight into how the business actually works and how data flows, all of those things are going to make it really, really hard for them to come up with this business insight off the top of their head. Maybe they're going to have to go write a Word document. They're going to have to store all this business and semantic information in a single document. They're going to have to maintain it and keep up with it. All of that is a cost. It's a tax. And when people have another job that they need to do, that tax becomes extraordinarily prohibitive. You know, it's uh, they, they, they oftentimes you you sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater and just say it's not worth my time. Um, so that, I think that's a it's a that is an extremely important concept that I wish more folks who build you know, third-party uh, da- data products really thought about is not just what is, what, is the, what is the onboarding use case for my particular c- tool, but what is the friction for the workflow? How hard is it to do this end-to-end workflow? And yeah, maybe my, my tool makes a part of that easy, but what about everything else? And, and, if, and if the everything else is really hard it, and, and your product sits in the middle of that process, it doesn't actually matter how easy it is because everything around it is still completely broken and incredibly painful. Yep, no, 100%. And, and we're near the bottom of the show. So your final question for you, Chan, uh, you know, this is a relatively new question we've incorporated into the podcast. 
Uh, if you could you know, replay this conversation with anyone other than me, uh, you know, anyone you know, in leadership across you know, uh, you know, a large or small organization for that matter, who would it be and why? Yeah, so I think when it comes to big tech companies like Google and Twitter and Facebook, um, historically, the problems that they have focused on in data as, as uh, large-scale, um, high-volume, high-traffic organizations has been one of cost optimization, right? You have a tremendous data flowing into the system. You're paying uh, an enormous amount in storage. You're paying an, an enormous amount in compute. And so they really focused on uh, optimizing their cost and, and ensuring that you know um, the, those those what they were paying for those two uh, expenditures were not ballooning uh, significantly out of control. But what we're talking about right now isn't really a problem about cost. I guess it can be extrapolated to cost in, in some ways. Um, if you make something simpler, then you also make it cheaper. But it's fundamentally about complexity and usability and the accessibility of the data to solve a variety of business problems. So I would love to talk to someone who works in a company that is at the intersection of technology and the real world, where you have a lot of complex workflows. You have a variety of life cycles across different entity types. So maybe you have a logistical life cycle. You have life cycle of a payout system, a life cycle of a return. You have products that um, don't don't just manifest into a e-commerce environment, but they actually have to be stocked and they can get out of date. Someone has to deliver them. They have to be you know, picked up from a farm and purchased and requisitioned and everything else. I think in businesses like that is where these conversations have an enormous amount of value. So the the CTO of Walmart is Suresh Kumar. Uh, I would love to have a conversation with him about everything we're talking about today. I, I think these types of processes and um, changing how we think about uh, data requests and and data management would have a huge impact. On, on businesses, like I said, that sit at this interaction between technology and, and the real world. Got it. Well, that, that makes a ton of sense, Chad, and it's sort of a, a great answer. And uh, and thanks for coming on to the podcast today and sharing your wisdom with us. Uh, when I sort of reflect on you know, this conversation, it's all about the so what of data. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, data needs to exist to serve uh, you know, the business application. Um, you know, and today, there are just real challenges in affecting that. Um, you know, you know, as far as you know, Simon Data is related, the issues around process were really sort of you know, you know, key to how we view the market. Uh, you, know, you know, a quick part of our strategy, I guess, and a quick plug for part of our platform is really how we think about you know, integration, uh, you know, and continuity from uh, data infrastructure, the cloud data warehouse, you know, into our platform. Um, you know, and to the point I made a few moments ago, uh, if the workflows around enabling data uh, and bring them into your application so you can use them are simple. Uh, then people, you know, as a result, will just you know, there'll be less friction and they'll adopt them more. But with that being said, uh, you know, Chad, maybe you can tell um, you know our listeners a bit more about uh, I think you have a, a Substack and uh, and certainly some social efforts going on. So anyone who wants to keep up with, uh, with 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 what you're saying, how they can find you? Um, yeah, you can. I, I write a lot. Um, I I put out a lot of content on LinkedIn, so you can find me just at uh, LinkedIn.com/in/chad-sanderson. Uh, and then I also write relatively frequently on my newsletter. It's called the Data Products Newsletter, and you can get there through dataproducts.substack.com. Uh, and that's just D-A-T-A-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S. 
Great. Um, you know, and thank you to everyone listening to this episode of the Data Unlocked podcast today. Uh, and if you'd like to learn more about Simon Data, please visit us on the web at simondata.com or email us at hello at simondata. You've been listening to the Data Unlocked. You can listen to more episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Simon Data. We help marketers unlock their customer data to deliver a better customer experience at scale. Thank you.